Konnichiwa and welcome back to another episode of Japan Rugby Weekly. This week, HBC and I react to news that Chichibunomiya Stadium will be rebuilt to have a roof and artificial turf, and we also preview current champs, the Panasonic Wild Knights. Let's go! Welcome back everyone to another episode of Japan Rugby Weekly. Two weeks in a row, oh, groundbreaking. Um, can almost call ourselves weekly again, but... It's a bit of a different format now. We're uh, on holiday at the moment with the Dinobores, so H is in sunny, sunny Okinawa. I'm in Fukuoka living it up, so um, yeah, we're doing it over Zoom. But H, uh, how's your holiday been and um, how's life? Yeah, holiday's awesome. Yeah, if uh, any listeners get a chance to go down to Ishigaki, Okinawa, it's uh, I highly recommend it. We're staying at our Club Med at the moment, so we um, yeah, having a ball, about 33 degrees every day been living in the pool in the in the beach taking the wee one to um to the beach and playing in the sand so yeah life's good at the moment Dougie enjoying the week off yeah nice how's your week off uh yeah it's been good um went to see a few mates uh in Fukuoka and yeah it's been just good to relax uh been weird living in a hotel for the last few days um but nah been able to go to a few of the local watering holes should we say and um it's been good fun time yeah, nice. Drinking a couple of Mizus. Oh, yeah, yeah. Always. Only Mizu. Only Mizu. <laughs> no, it's good to stay hydrated. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Obviously, rehydrating uh, is vital, especially when you're somewhere as hot and nice as Ishigaki. Yeah, it's one of the islands around um, Okinawa, eh? so I've never actually been there, but uh, definitely keen to go one day. So maybe we have to make it a um, live podcast from there. Definitely, definitely. Good uh, work trip. That'd yeah. be nice. Um, yeah, put on the company card again. <laughs> But nice, bro. Um, thought, uh, yeah, like you said, you're on holiday, you're in a great place. It'd be a shame to spend all of it on Zoom. So just make it a nice short, sharp one today. But first thought, we'll go through some uh, of the international news. Uh, first, we had Japan played Ireland in women's international rugby recently, uh, going down 57-22. I think they've lost uh, all six games uh, against the world number seven ranked Ireland. So, um, yeah, they were... In it at halftime, what, 1915, but I just weren't able to get the job done. But no, it's, uh, I guess, good that they've got Japanese rugby, women's rugby here played in Shizuoka, but it's uh, just a shame about the result, really. Yeah, well, they started out, Japan started out quite well. They scored an early try and they looked to be in control of the game. And then just as the game went on, this Ireland's forward pack just seemed to dominate them. The I think they got three or four tries off a mall, uh, rolling malls, so... Japan giving away a few penalties, Ireland getting into their 22 and um, just crossing the line for their good forward pick. And um, yeah, it was quite a good game to watch. I only watched the highlights, but um, yeah. Yeah, from the highlights, it looked like a quite a good game. But yeah, just Japan couldn't hold out Ireland's uh, forward pick. Yeah, well, I guess they play a slightly different uh uh, styles of rugby. So obviously, uh, as H is a swatting way, well, Mamushi uh, flies. <laughs> It's a big crow. It's a, <laughs> it's a massive bird. It's looking at me. Oh, no. It's you, getting closer and closer. You might get attacked on. Um, that would definitely be a clip that we can show. But, um, definitely. Um, yeah. Hear me screaming. <laughs> um, the best soundbite ever. But, uh, yeah, like you said, um, I think nowadays, especially, you know, uh, if you've got a strong forward pack, if the opposition are giving away penalties and you get those invitations into the 22, then, yeah, it's goes a long way to be able to get those results so uh well played by the irish uh women's team yeah yeah it is and just with world rugby lately and the referees been putting a lot more emphasis on um the more defense around lifting legs and mm-hmm. side entry 
Um, I noticed the referee was quite harsh on around Japan and um, coming up the side. And when you've got the referee, sort of referees being more harsher on the injury, et cetera, it just, you know, until teams work out how to rectify that, it's just, um, yeah, once a team gets a roll on, it's pretty hard to defend these days. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's always a, it's just a never ending cycle of uh, refs might adjust the rules and then just whichever team can adjust the quickest. So, um, no, it'll be interesting how that uh, is, yeah, evolves in the men's game as well. But uh, also continuing with women's, uh, now with sevens, uh, Japan was in the World Rugby Sevens Challenger League and they won the final 19 nil against Poland to earn promotion back as one of the core teams. So uh, great to see Japan uh, Sevens, the Sakura Sevens playing well there. And yeah, that's uh, where they deserve to be um, in that core uh, circuit. So we're excited to see what they can do there in the uh, upcoming season. Yeah, no, it's just good for Japan rugby, you know, back on the world stage and, you know, be the... Um, the Japan jersey running around on international stage and just yeah promoting Japanese rugby even though it's in the sevens games that's still it's still part of the rugby program so yeah well done to them yeah yeah nice um and just touching on the sevens as well um we've got a uh, one of our own players Okudaida Yu uh or should I say Yu Okudaida uh from the Mitsubishi Dinobos he's first year this year he's been uh picked uh in the men's sevens squad to play uh in the Los Angeles uh, circuit. So uh, congrats to him and everyone else who's been named. And that obviously Okudaida, he's a tall, uh, strong, fast winger. So exciting to see how he'll go in that international stage. Yeah, no, I could see a ball running around on the on the world stage. Boys will definitely get in behind him and, and cheer him on. Yeah, for sure. And also staying on international news. Sorry, I might just actually wait. Uh, there's a ambulance going past. Uh, something's happening in uh, Fukuoka. Somebody's, they've caught on to me. It's all go. Make sure it's Ambos. It's not. It's not the pole poles, is it? It could be. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I must have been uh, up to no good last night. They've uh, caught on. Oh, here we go. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, continuing on with international news. These aren't going to be test matches, but it's been announced that Japan 15 will play three games against Australia A October 1st, 8th, and 14th. Uh, I think the first one is in at Chichibu um, in Tokyo uh, and then the next one is in Fukuoka uh, and the last one I think is in Osaka so three games there um, especially uh, Fujisan one of the heads in Japan uh, he was talking about how without Super Rugby anymore um, it's great to have these kind of games just for those players who are on the fringe uh, looking to make the international team giving them that exposure uh, in yeah against really strong opposition in Aussie A as a yeah, great thing for Japanese rugby and hopefully will help us develop um, and be a force for that next World Cup coming up. Yeah, it's quite good. Well, they've got those three games leading into the All Blacks test at the end of the end of October. So I imagine that Japan will put out a strong, if not the strongest side against the ABs. Yes, it's good for Japan rugby to get those boys there, like you said, at that next tier that are, I suppose, coming up in Japan rugby but haven't had a taste of outside rugby or outside um, influence, um, yeah, so it'll be good. Yeah, yeah. When are those squads being named? Um, I don't know if uh, it's been announced when yet, but um, yeah, hopefully we'll see a good mix of young uh, talent. There's obviously those guys who are young, up and coming Japanese players, but also players who as have been uh, who were born overseas but have been in Japan for long enough to be named as well. And um, a lot of people are looking to put their hands up for that. Uh, yeah, the 
Brave Blossoms jersey come France World Cup. So it'll be exciting to see who, um, yeah, if anyone's able to put their hand up in those three games and then play, like you said, their game against the ABs, then that'll um, show that these games are worth it. Yeah, be nice to see a couple of uh, Dynabors boys in there. For sure. Probably a couple of them that potentially could push on. Mm. Uh, yeah. Nine and a ten just come to mind. Hopefully yeah. they can, um, well, you never know. Mm. That would be nice though, to see, uh, see some Dynabors in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so if uh, Jamie, I don't know if Jamie's the one who decides that team, but if you're listening, um, Jamie, Joe, uh, a few of our boys are definitely putting their hands up. Uh, yeah, like you said, Quarter, um, our nine, uh, who was originally from Toy- Toyota, uh, came over last year and absolutely killed it. A uh, different style yeah. of nine to with the other nines running around. He's a bit taller, uh, got a great boot on him and uh, controls the game really well, eh? Yeah, yeah, really smart player and a really good nine. Yeah, awesome passes, passes, just, yeah effortless when he passes it's um yeah it's always nice receiving a, a ball from a from a good nine yeah yeah yep yeah. no uh for sure um i've had to play nine for ycac and club rugby uh and a few of them especially my right to left pass has been horrendous so i think uh, tens, <laughs> uh they're definitely struggled when i'm at nine but now for sure um should be exciting but i guess uh the biggest news the news i touched on uh in the intro chichibunomia is getting upgraded it's going to become a dome it's going to have a roof hold 15,000 people which is uh more than 10,000 less than uh before uh it can also hold 25,000 for concerts um but because they're going to have concerts and because there's going to be a roof it's going to be artificial turf uh not going to be ready until December 2027 and they're also going to have a rugby museum in there which i think uh the all the organizers are really keen to have yeah it's a big big call to uh i guess get rid of the japanese spiritual home of rugby um and also by doing that i think they're gonna pull down the meiji jingu baseball stadium next door as well which everyone loves they're gonna be uh tearing down a lot of trees and stuff there as well so there's a lot of backlash from people who love that nature um that's all around i guess that stadium yeah so there's a lot of people who are keen for it, a lot of people who are against it but um no what are your thoughts there h Wow, yeah, it sounds pretty awesome. Um, yeah, it's always nice as an athlete to be able to go to a stadium and it's got a roof on it. That's just a bonus. And then, yeah, I suppose from the spectator's point of view, again, if it's pouring down with rain and you walk into the stadium and you're sitting in a nice, comfortable stadium watching a, watching a game or a concert without getting wet, it's always nice. But, yeah, no, it sounds pretty cool. I know that Chichibu area is, um, yeah, at the moment, it's yeah, there's a lot going on. There's nice hotels that are all around it. Um, I'm sure that, yeah, they'll try and please everyone with planting, replanting trees mm-hmm. and um, the nature side of thing, and then making sure that it's, I suppose, gets everyone, lets everyone be happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be cool. But um, yeah, hopefully I'm still playing in Japan <laughs> around 2027. Yeah, yeah. That'd be nice to get a chance to play in it. But yeah, what were you saying about the, the ground, mm, um, uh, artificial turf? Yeah, so uh, they said because it's um, going to have a domed roof. Uh, they and because they part of the contract is they're gonna be able to have concerts in there. I think it's gonna be artificial turf, which is probably the part that maybe there's the most backlash for. Um, obviously, not sure what kind of artificial turf. If it's gonna be like a hybrid, then it might be okay. But if it's gonna be some of the artificial turf you see over here, you're just gonna get a you know skinned knees and elbows, and it's <laughs> gonna be a, no one's gonna want to get tackled, even though they're dry. Yeah, those dead ball areas eh, there, but Abu Nai. Yeah. They, um, yeah, there's no diving from the wingers going on in Division 1. Yeah, yeah. She's all put the ball down. 
Uh, <laughs> no, nah, for sure. Like you already see it yeah, with those artificial turfs, like you said, when they extend the end goals out. So not sure how it's going to work, um, if the whole field's going to be like that. But um, yeah, I guess they've got a plan. Another part is that they talked about having a museum. There's been so many talks about museums since the World Cup that organizers want to have like a legacy. But I think it's going to cost a lot of money. And a lot of people think it's better to put that money into grassroots. Um, obviously, there's people like playing club rugby basically on dirt in Japan. Um, so if you could like make those fields into, you know, grass fields instead of a museum, then I'd personally be, uh, more inclined to do that. But obviously I'm not the one making the decision. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, just to kind of wait and see and how it goes, but hopefully it all, uh, works. And, um, yeah, it's ends up being, a, I guess, a good stadium. Yeah. Is there currently a, a museum or a place in Japan that sort of holds the memorabilia and the history of Japan rugby? Um, I'm not sure. I think they were talking about doing it in like that big Olympic stadium, but I'm not sure if that actually oh, yep. came to. Maybe they've got part of it there and then they're going to move it to Chijibu. Um, but yeah, uh, Japan loves obviously a museum, a legacy kind of thing. It's something that uh, tells the legacy. And if it's done right, it's good. Um, if not, it might just be a few jerseys and, you know, World Cup was played here kind of yeah. thing. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll be done well and done right. But yeah, uh, nice. It'll be, uh, yeah, interesting to hear everyone's, uh, thoughts on the new Chichibunomiya Stadium. Obviously, that's a big talking point from this week. So, uh, listeners, viewers, tell us your thoughts on the new roofed Chichibunomiya Stadium holding 15,000 with artificial turf. Is it a thumbs up or a thumbs down for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you let us know, uh, in the comments via email and, um, yeah. We'd definitely like to hear all your opinions. You guys probably know more about Japanese rugby than us. Um, so yeah, let us know. That's sweet. With that being said, keeping on with the news, rugby news that's going around the world, uh, Kintetsu Liners have announced that they're playing a training game or a preseason game against the Melbourne Rebels at Hanazono on the 15th of October, uh, 2 p.m. kickoff. And, uh, that's through their partnership that they've got with the Rebels from 2019. Um, obviously we know we won't be seeing Quade Cooper there, um, or Matt Timor, cause, uh, Matt Timor is obviously coming to the Dinobores. Quade Cooper has injured his, uh, Achilles, his Achilles, but, um, no, exciting times to be able to see a Super Rugby team back in Japan, eh? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been a few years since, uh, yeah, Super's been back in Japan. So, um, no doubt if you're a Rebels player or going to be on the fringes of that campaign, uh, it'd be quite cool to come over, J- over to Japan and play a Division One side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Hanazono being a home of rugby, it's, um, yeah, awesome ground to play. I love that. Love the ground. Had some good wins and had some tough losses there, but <laughs> it's been, uh, the ground itself and the stadium is quite cool to play it. Yep. No, um, I think, uh, Chichibu and also, um, Hanazono, both of them, uh, because you don't have the track going around it and you're so close, yeah. um, to the field, which is great. Uh, hopefully, I think that's probably going to be the case for this new Chichibu Nomiya stadium as well. But yeah, like you said, Hanazono is a great player. I watched a, uh, World Cup game there and, um, great atmosphere. Um, but nah, I think, uh, that should definitely be a game that, if uh, you're in Japan, if you're in Osaka, you should even go and watch the 15th of October again. Um, it's quite early for the Rebels, so I'm not sure what kind of team would be coming over there. But um, no, great to see a uh, yeah super team back in Japan. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Whatever, whoever they bring over, maybe academy players or club players or fringe players, but they'll put out a good side, a strong side. So that'd be awesome. Are those tickets are they? 
purchasable online um, or yeah, not you know, where announced. we can buy tickets? Uh, not announced yet. Um, so they're not, sorry, released yet, so you can't buy them yet. But um, it just said that they will, yeah, let us know when they're out. So, um, yeah, cool. Um, so it's yeah, not cool. very helpful, but, uh, yeah, when they're out, um, <laughs> you'll probably hear it here. I want to say first, but it'll probably be like fourth or something. So, yeah, you'll hear it here eventually. It'll come, it'll come. Well, now that we're doing it weekly, so we're pretty uh, we're pretty on point. We're on top of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, eventually, I'll start getting good at social media and post stuff, uh, you know, not weekly as well. So, um, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> just uh, obviously the Kaizen mentality, the mentality to keep improving is all we need. Um, yeah, we'll be there soon. Um, but now, nah, obviously, a lot to go through in terms of all that news that's come through. Um, but... It's looking uh, exciting in terms of Japan. They've got their women's team are playing more regularly. Um, you got the Japan 15 and, like we said last week, the uh, national team playing the ABs this year. Uh, and then a lot of new signings, new, a lot of movement, uh, in the League One space as well. But, uh, thought we might go through every week, go through maybe one team, uh, and just kind of preview what they're like uh, what kind of team they are, where they're from, and uh, some notable players that they've got, maybe some new signings, but probably the best place to start would be the current champs, the Panasonic Wild Knights. But uh, yeah, what's your impression of the Wild Knights? Uh, H, have you ever played them before in a competition match? Uh, no, we've just played them uh, in pre-season. Uh, played them a couple of times. Yeah, made the bus trip over. Jeez, I'm trying to think of the town. What's the town where they're based at? Uh, Kumagaya? Kumagaya, yeah. Yeah, I remember by it that bus trip mm-hmm. not it wasn't a nice bus trip but anyway and then to get there and i think we must have played on their second ground because it wasn't very good yeah you know when uh japan winter where the grass just goes brown and like it's really hard and that was like yeah that ground was not so flash mm-hmm. but anyway yeah played them yeah that time i think that might have been it but yeah mm-hmm. awesome outfit like you can just tell that the people that have started the club earlier in the earlier days which put in a lot of work into establishing good players um players that are in the national side and um foreigners that have come over here early and then transitioned to become uh, category a uh, players um yeah just an awesome outfit to play against and yeah every time you play them um, and see them play they just play a good brand of rugby free running um quite open skilled players like really skillful from from one right to 15 mm-hmm. um you know, see props running down the sideline and throwing offloads and they've been a bit free. So, yeah, awesome. And i just seen I haven't been to their new uh, gym yet, but uh, hopefully one day we might be able to have a have a look over there. But, yeah, seeing that they built a new gym and training facility and just looks amazing, like like world, world class. Yeah. Like, yeah. On their Instagram pages, yeah, got some pretty cool photos. And I love their dressing room. Mm-hmm. The um looks like an NBA NBA dressing room where it's big a big circle got mm-hmm. the emblem in the middle and everyone's got their individual individual lockers and yeah it's pretty uh world class facilities yeah no sure I think uh we probably played yeah like you said on their B ground uh, and then their main ground is like that stadium that we're basically outside of um and yeah their stadium it looks pretty flash like you said all new uh their new facilities they've got like a hotel there as well so I guess for uh, any fans who are yeah. going there, they can stay there. Uh, they've got a cafe there that kind of overlooks one of their training fields. Yeah. So when they've got open trainings, you can go have a coffee at their cafe and uh, watch them train. And then you can go to their store and get some merchandise, which is pretty, uh, yeah, new concept over here in 
Japanese rugby. So um, yeah, they're definitely doing a lot of that yeah, well. professional side uh, well as well. Eh? Yeah, well, now that Division One is is pushing clubs to become more professional and and run their own teams a lot more differently than they have in the past. It's um, yeah, I'd love to get over there. Jeez, if they've got a hotel and a cafe and you can watch watch trainings um, on a lunchtime break, that's pretty pretty awesome. Awesome if you're a fan living close by as well, you can pop in and you know get to experience the players and watch what they do. And yeah, I'd imagine the fans would love that. Yeah, um, I think the only uh, problem with their, I guess, facilities is the location. Um, like I said, for us, it's uh, quite a far away. It's a long bus trip, but it's not very accessible in terms of trains and stuff as well. So I think um, that's maybe one of the uh, only problems with it. Once you get there, it's a great facility, but uh, maybe not as many people can get there because it's not as accessible as uh, maybe you'd like. Um, but still. Yeah, regardless, uh, it's a great facility. Like you said, they've been a powerhouse in recent years. Um, originally they were the Sanyo Wild Knights, uh, changed to the Panasonic Wild Knights and have just gone from a uh, strength to strength. Uh, and I guess, obviously they won that last, uh, top league comp and then the first league one comp last year, but also in the recent, uh, Japan versus France, um, yeah, series. They had seven players from their team named in that uh, squad, which is obviously uh, a lot of players. Just to quickly go um, through them, we've got Inagaki, the prop. Uh, he's been touted as a prop who never smiles, so he's real popular in Japanese uh, socials. Um, they've got um, Sakate, who uh, is their captain and also their hooker. Um, they've got Varu uh, Asaidi Ai, uh, who is... Uh, who's been in Japan for a long time. He's now Japanese. They've got Ben Gunter, uh, the Aussie, who uh, was here on an Asian passport for a long time. Um, now I think he's Category A, as is uh, Jack Cornelson and Dylan Riley. All three of them do the Blank uh, Co. Uh, bag company. So if you're interested in bags, uh, definitely go there. And then lastly, uh, we've got Shota Horie, who uh, is yeah one of the most skillful I think hookers you've seen. I think he scored a yeah. grubber try against Coke when I was there, and uh, yeah, he's a. Uh, I guess the older he gets, the more um, yeah skilled he is. He comes off the bench for Penna now, but always uh, yeah gives him momentum. So nah, a really strong squad there. Yeah, he's got a great hairstyle. He likes to roll his shorts up too, show off his big quads. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, the uh, H special. Eh? H special, H special. <laughs> But yeah, no, like I said, I think he's got a dreadlocks, um, very uh, iconic Japanese um, player um, at the recent uh, the prize giving. He was named in the best 15, uh, but basically as, a, as the hooker, I think he was uh, second up there on the line. Um, they had to all wait on the stage until all 15 people got up there. But uh, basically when he got asked for his comment, he's like, can we please... Um, sit down we just had our final yesterday and um my legs are sore kind of thing so um obviously uh yeah very iconic figure in japan and says what he thinks which is a uh, great to see as well yeah uh, he's awesome he's awesome to watch i know for sure um, yeah strong yeah strong side they've got there some good signings the um uh liam mitchell i used to play with him uh back in manawatu he used to be well but he's an awesome player. He's I think he's just finished up in uh, Italy and then uh, obviously was looking for something and then yeah, it's popped up in Penna. Yeah. So he's a he's a good pick up for them. Yeah, nice. Uh, big hundred and seventeen kg, hundred and ninety seven uh centimeter lock slash flanker. Um so obviously yeah, like I said, a big pickup. They've also got uh Lou Diego from Lou Diego from South Africa, uh, fifty six caps. Um if there's one thing I know how to do, it's butcher a South African name. So uh, apologies if I see that horrendously. But um, obviously another 
uh, tall lock, uh, big 206 centimeters, 125 kg. So, uh, yeah, probably one of the biggest humans in Japan when he comes over. Uh, um, yeah, he'll be, uh, <laughs> uh, obviously a tough, everyone will be having a tough time in their line out trying to win that ball off him. Yeah, man, there's some big, yeah, there's some big rigs going around there. Division one. For sure. Uh, and then they've also got a pretty big, uh, center who I think would probably be, uh, replacing Hadley Parks. Again, South African name. I'm going to butcher it, but Damien Dialindi, maybe. Um, he's, uh, I say this like he's unknown. He's obviously got 58 caps, um, for South Africa. Whenever somebody, um, pronounces somebody's name, I'm like, oh yeah, that's how you say it. Whenever I have to say it myself, I always get scared and stuff it up, but he's obviously uh, played for, uh, Munster and the Stormers as well. So, uh, very big signing there. Wow. There's quite a lot of, a lot of South Africans coming over to Japan this year. Well, sorry, next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's been heaps of, um, heaps of new pickups from South Africa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure. I think, uh, I guess, yeah, I don't know necessarily what the reasons once we get um a few of our boys uh over we'll just have to ask them maybe we can ask uh dylan now our resident um south african slash kiwi um yeah what the story is yeah yeah we'll see what's going on why they're coming over i don't know um obviously uh it's where they won their world cup a lot of them probably had a great you know uh memories over here it's a great you know place to see to visit and it's a completely new yeah, environment or culture to basically anywhere else in the world. So uh, if you're uh, somebody who's wanting to come over, maybe learn um, Japanese or teach English over here uh, or to play sport, um, definitely highly recommend it. I was just checking out the rant to uh, Yen. Oh, nice. <laughs> I think that's pretty good. I think that's pretty good too, rant to Yen. Mm. Um, yeah, that's uh, obviously definitely affected. The Yen's uh, getting a bit weaker at the moment, um, but hopefully that uh, picks up again. It's basically... Um, yeah, for people outside of Japan, the best time to come over. But hopefully Japan opens up the borders soon so everyone can make the most of the week yen and, um, yeah, go from there. It doesn't really help for players who are wanting to earn yen because if the yen's weak, obviously you're getting less. But for tourists, it's a great thing. So, um, yeah, hopefully you can all come over and um, watch some of the uh, League One season next season. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just waiting for the days for Japan's border to open back up. Getting quite lonely at the moment when you're seeing the rest of the world open their borders and tourists and travelers coming in and out so yeah hopefully by the next season the borders are open and yeah family and friends can come over and experience japanese rugby yeah no for sure uh like i said obviously we're enjoying uh japanese life at the moment uh you being in one of the most picturesque uh, places in japan and possibly the world and not that i've seen too much of it but a great little place uh and i'm uh yeah living up in one of the many food capitals of japan in fukuoka um but Yes, uh, before we go, I wanted to start, restart doing a bit of Japanese, uh, Japanese lessons every week. So just quickly go through maybe a phrase or something. But first one I wanted to ask you, it's a bit of a, yeah, question. Uh, what is the correct response when somebody says, irashaimase, when you come into a store? Irashaimase. Mm, so whenever you go basically anywhere. Oh, that's a very good question. Um, should I give you a multi-choice? Oh, hi, gozaimasu. Konnichiwa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. Uh, obviously, you can. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, means uh, like welcome, basically. So, a few people fall into the trap when they get uh, thrown at them, they say it back. But obviously, that means you're welcoming someone to their own store, which uh, is a little bit strange. Uh, you can say, you know, thank you or konnichiwa, um, or you can kind of nod. But what most people do in Japan is just fully ignore them. Um, 
you just, you know, uh, somebody would just be yelling Yiddashemase at you and you just pretend you can't hear it. Uh, when you go to a 100 yen store, there's people stocking shelves and every five seconds they'll just be randomly saying Yiddashemase. So, um, yeah, I think the safest thing is either just to nod, smile or just to ignore them. It's sometimes hard to do that because, uh, yeah, in sort of English culture, you sort of like, if someone says something to you, you respond back to them. Mm-hmm. So depends of how close you are to them. Yep. If you're two meters away and they're right there, I just can't ignore them. I have to give them a nod or yeah, yeah, yeah. just yeah. respond to them. <laughs> okay, but I'll try. I'll just ignore them, just turn away and walk past yeah well especially yeah <laughs> if it's like a little store and they're basically you know saying it to you you can kind of nod but if it's a big department store they're probably just saying it to everyone so that's when you can you know fully ignore them otherwise yeah like i said a nod is probably the safest option but um yeah nice uh perfect answer from the h <laughs> perfect uh, <laughs> thanks again for coming on h um hopefully next week we'll be back in the studio uh be able to talk live um obviously we had a few fun moments uh with internet and stuff on this but it's uh been great to hear your story uh hopefully you hopefully you enjoy the rest of your holiday and um yeah i'll see you again next week yeah thanks brother it's been a good week everyone else have a good week enjoy oh, nice thanks for listening to another episode of the jrw podcast Make sure to rate and share the pod if you enjoy it. And don't forget to use code JRW15 at the ANR Pro checkout for a 15% discount. Arigats, I'll talk to you next week. Get off me, crow.